Hello, howdy, and welcome to episode 104 of Water Hockey, where we talk all things Texas hockey and the stories and culture that surround it. Miyamo is Fink, bilingual, and we have a full episode for you tonight as we have now cleared the halfway point in most of the hockey seasons all the way around. Uh, but before we dive into that, make sure to head to all of our socials. Give us a follow at Wada Hockey on TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram. Instagram seems to be our biggest one. Uh, but yeah, make sure to give us a follow. Uh, as of this point, you have just over a week because we release these on Thursdays. I'm sure you've seen it if you already do follow us on social media. We are really, really fortunate to get the blessings from the Allen Americans to do a, a bit of a collaboration jersey run this quarter. I told everyone we're going to do like one jersey release a quarter. And this quarter is all about the Allen Americans. They are live on the xjerseys.com website. If you just search Wada Hockey, you'll find it. The links are in all of our bios now. All of the posts are basically pinned, so they're going to be at the top of every one of our social platforms. Uh, if you need the link, DM one of us, let us know. Um, but they're really cool, and part of the proceeds for each one of the sales of the jerseys will be donated directly to the Red Lamp Foundation of the Out Americans. Uh, and last but certainly not least, if you haven't already, make sure to mark your calendars for Friday, February 17th, 7 p.m., the 100th episode, Selly, at Northside Draft House in Richardson, Texas. We want to see as many of you there as possible. We're going to have a couple of guests hanging out with us that we've had on the podcast in the past, as well as raffles all night long with some cool prizes that we have been able to gather together. And the stars are going to be playing the wild that night away. So we'll have that on all the TVs. Nice. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Not to mention the food and beer are probably the best and fairest prices you'll find in all the land. Now that we have all of that covered, we can finally get into it. It was a long intro. It was a little bit long-winded. It was we like a lot going it on. Out. Yeah, we got a lot going on. And I do want to say this before we actually get into it. It's just you and I today, Schmitty, as just the uh, two of us. Debbie would say. Just the two of us. That's a good one. That also makes me think of uh, Austin Powers when it's Dr. Evil and Minnie. <laughs> um, you guys have seen this. I posted something on Twitter and then I reposted it on Instagram because I was lazy and didn't make a graphic, which I'll probably have to do to get some conversation going. I want to give a huge thank you to my buddy Ben, a.k.a. Shag. That has been our intro music since we started. I, I think we might have like... It's the beginning, yeah. Yeah, I don't even remember if our first episode had it. I don't know. I'll have to go back and listen. But he had this song, really cool song, and basically has been our intro music and outro music for over two years now. And we love it. And I still listen to his music all the time. You can find him on Spotify. Uh, Shag, um, he's a long-haired fellow uh, on his Spotify cover artist art thing. Uh, really appreciate him letting us use his song. But that being said, I want to try and branch out a little bit and bring in some cool local artists. So for all of the French fries that are listening, if you have some local DFW artists, even North Texas, heck, even Texas, period. If you have an artist that's 
a little bit on the smaller side or medium side that you just think would be a really cool fit to have, you know, doing the intro music for a couple of weeks. Maybe we switch it up back and forth, go to a new intro, go back to shag, go back to new intro. Let us know. Shoot us a DM uh, and make sure to include the band, the artist and their socials so we can get in touch with them and say, hey, we want to work together. We want we want to feature you guys. So but like I said, it's just me and Schmitty today. So. Did you play any golf this past weekend? If not, how was your weekend? I actually did play some golf this weekend. Nailed, nailed it. <laughs> I mean, to go from freezing weather and ice for four days to golf on Sunday, and I wore joggers and started out with the hoodie on, but by like the sixth hole, it was just the polo. It yeah, was beautiful weather. Start heating up on the course. Yeah, but I played a two-man scramble with a buddy of mine. We shot a 77 between the two of us. Yeah, yeah. we got third in the B flight, so took home a box of Chrome Softs. More impressive, though, is guys that we played with, a couple of D2 and D3 college golfers um, that moved down to Texas for work. They won the whole tournament. The second highest score second lowest score, I guess, was a minus four. They got Jeez. second in the top flight. They won first with a minus 1161. Where did you play at? Uh, this was out in Bear Creek. So they Bear just Creek. ripped that course to shreds. Dude, they, if I, if we weren't paired with him, I would probably call bullshit, but they shot a legit 61. They hit every green in regulation except for one. Jeez. And if one of them, I mean, they were, I'm a pretty decently long driver, but this guy was out driving me by like 25 yards every time. Just ridiculous. It was just, yeah, but, uh, it was fun. Got to enjoy the weather. Um, what else did we do? Oh, went on a little mini brewery tour on Saturday. Started out at uh, Lakewood Brewing. Mm-hmm. Over there by Blake's, actually, which yep. I didn't realize. Shout out, Lakewood. And then ended up at Vector Brewing in Lake Highlands. It sounds familiar. I don't know if I've tried them before. They had some pretty decent beers. I made the wrong choice. They have like a smoked Hellas beer, which I like Hellas style beers. It's like a German brewing style, I think. Right. But, oh. All right, I'm sorry. Should I say da, da? <laughs> yeah. It was like I was drinking a beer-flavored campfire. Oh, dude. It was smoky. so uh. smoky, like over the top. I felt bad because, I mean, well, I paid for it. Didn't want it to go to waste, but I couldn't do it, man. Watered some plants outside. <sighs> dude, it was literally like somebody Ugh. heated up and fermented the beer with a campfire. It was too much. I love campfires, but that flavor that has become like, I guess, like a niche popular flavor now, not ideal. And I'm talking to you, Balcones, because they've got a campfire whiskey (laughs) uh, bourbon, and it's so disgusting. I bought it for one of my buddies, Vale. Uh, Hopefully, he listens to this for his birthday a couple of years back, and we tried it. And I said, I'm sorry. I'm I really am a friend of yours. This was not 
supposed to be this bad. Like I felt bad. I felt like I was like digging at him, like saying like, Hey, we're quote unquote friends. Uh, here is the most disgusting <laughs> bourbon I've ever had in my life. And I'm even like, I'll sit around a campfire, but I do not like the smell of it after the fact. I cannot stand it. I don't yeah, know. It just like, sticks to you. It does. It does. It really not fun. Not fun. Uh, so, well, that's nice. Nice. How was Speaking your weekend? Of, it was good. It was good. Uh, speaking of breweries, by the way, if you just happen to have a brewery and you're listening to this and, you know, want to be a parent sponsor of Wana Hockey so we can feature your brewery and your beers every single week, I'll know if that happens. I'll be drinking one or two every single podcast. Yeah. Uh, get in touch with us. We uh we would love to work with you. We would love to represent you and wear all your cool swag. Uh, we'll 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 do it a swag trade. Um, I before do love we get beer. To, yeah, we do love beer. Or if you're a distillery, hell, I'll even go as far to say a winery. I know that they're around here, and I love red wine. I also love red wine. I'm a bit of a slut for a merlot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> before we get to my weekend, uh, Jason. Uh, a little under the weather this week, a victim of the temperatures going up and down and down and up. Allergies are kicking everyone's ass right now. And this is normally where I would do a clever segue. I was certain, thinking that exact same thing. Yeah, where I would do like a, a you know clever segue to a hockey bag. But I, I don't have that skill in the bag. Ah, uh, Speaking of bags, tell me a little <laughs> bit more about Conway and Banks, Schmitty. Conway and Banks. I don't have the ad read. It's okay. We've done me. it enough times at this point. Are you tired of that old moldy hockey bag? It I doesn't am. have the organizers. It doesn't have the break proof zippers. It doesn't have the vented sides. But Conway and Banks has all of that. What else? The do moisture they have? wicking foot mat. Moisture wicking foot mat for three those different, nasty yeah, Richardson Star oh. Center locker room. Yeah. Three different colors, right? Three different colors. Formerly four, four oh. sizes, junior through adult, and then one with the wheels. The wheels. I've had a lot of people asking about that. You are guaranteed to find one that you love. So check them out. You can go to our bio, the Lincoln bio. Use code WADAHOCKEY10 for 10% off of your Conway and Banks purchase. Maybe you want to get one bag. Maybe you want to get a few. Yeah. Get 10% off the whole thing. And get your gear to the rink in... Shannon's going to listen to this and just cringe. Yeah, I really drug that one out as it needed to be. Uh, Weekend was good. I had the really cool opportunity. uh, The NAHL... Lone Star Brahmas asked me to sit in and do some color commentating with them. Uh, that was my first experience doing color. I think that might be what I love more than doing play-by-play. Uh, up until that point, I had done all games solo dolo, no color commentary, uh, with the exception of the fantastic cameramen that I've worked with over at the Junior Stars. Uh, it was my first experience not having a second person in the booth with me or scissor lift, depending on which rink I'm at uh, <laughs> with the exception of bringing the cameraman in from time to time with a couple of uh, chimes, huge shout out to them. It's not easy going back and forth and like focusing where the play is at. And then me saying something that's happening on the exact opposite side of the rink, but 
that's neither here nor there. Really cool experience. If you haven't been out to Nitex, I actually had not been to Nitex, Nitex ever until about two weeks ago when I called an NA3HL game for the Texas Brahmas, their NA3 team. Really cool atmosphere. It felt it's legitimately like a rink that with concessions and stands. I think it sits around 2000 total, give or take a couple of hundred. But it's a really cool atmosphere, really cool setup. So really appreciate them. Uh, outside of that, just the normal, just work, nothing special. Uh, but I am doing, really excited. What? Doing Tell color me. commentary is a lot of fun. It's, you know, it, it's just nice to like, have someone to riff with on the mic and go back and forth. I, I like to have fun. My calls are a little bit wacky, I guess you could say, which I'll probably zany. sharp a little zany, uh, a little, a uh, little out there. I'm sure, you know, over time I'll continue to sharpen the skill and, and kind of hone in on what style I want to go with. Yeah. But it's just been a really fun ride. The season's about to come to a close with the junior stars at the end of February. So that'll be kind of bittersweet. Uh, finishing my first full run as a color commentator or excuse me, play-by-play commentator. Um, So it's been really unique to do that. But I do want to talk about, that was my weekend. I do want to talk about something really cool that we, uh, that we did this past week. Obviously, if you guys are listening to this, you follow us on some sort of social media platform. If you don't, like I said, at the beginning of the episode, please do all that water hockey. No big deal. We have been looking for sponsors far and wide, and we are finally to a point where I feel very comfortable reaching out on a regular basis to companies asking if they'd like to sponsor the podcast. Well, we put out a call, and this first company sponsored uh, us without even asking any questions. They were just all in. So uh, it's a company called Third Line Hockey. So if you are a beer leaguer like most of us, and love to travel, then Third Line Hockey is the perfect place for you. Uh, we're pumped to team up with Third Line Hockey as they are all about bringing like-minded individuals together for hockey-filled excursions, usually on the weekends. Uh, places like Colorado Springs, Las Vegas, and Winston-Salem, North Carolina will all be homes for the upcoming drafts. Now, this is where they get clever, but the drafts, and they are open to all skill levels. Uh, so their one requirement, just have fun. Have fun. Drink a couple beers, play a couple games of hockey. Uh, if you are curious to know more about Third Line Hockey, check out all the detail, details on how you can get signed up at thirdlinedraft.com. So that website is 3RD, Third Line, and Draft is spelled D-R-A-U-G-H-T. Like the beer. Like the beer. So it's how the British spell draft. So third, 3RD line draft, D-R-A-U-G-H-T dot com. Get signed up today. Uh, Hopefully we'll be able to go to some of these tournaments. Um, I know Randy is actually, this was really cool. He's actually flying in from where he lives on the West Coast just to hang out with us for our 100th episode, Selly. Literally made plans to come and just hang out with us, which I thought was just super flattering. He'd heard of us before. Uh, a lot of people that are listeners that I play with have been asking me if we're ever going to get involved with them. I was kind of trepidatious at first, $5 word, but I could tell that they're really passionate about just giving people the best experiences at these tournaments. Uh, they're usually, like I said, on the weekend, so check them out. And then lastly, I got to tell you about 
and this is just a sick name absolute filth stick wax uh this stuff is unreal like they sent a, a couple of samples that i got today it started back in 2020 and shannon i told her about this uh earlier today and she was like you got to be kidding me that's amazing it is a hockey mom all woman owned company who even used their grandma to help make and package the products uh they have waxes like cake eater banana bender and dragon's blood just to name a few and right now you can get 25 percent off your first order by using the code uber wax uber like this car service wax so u-b-e-r-w-a-x just head over to their website all one word just head to their website and pick the best flavor and scent for your style style at absolutefilth.com it's hockey time that's a great name and also big ups for a woman-owned hockey company hell yeah the world needs more all women-owned companies and hockey moms so we just need strong powerful women in general facts girl preach uh schmitty we're back in hockey season the all-star break is over a week off that was kind of brutal man it was brutal you know what wasn't brutal the americans keeping me up with it but before we get to them you see the hat i made the purchase i paid the 85 dollars in shipping charges uh and i got my uh ilvis ccm green and yellow hat i love this thing it looks awesome it even reflects in the camera you guys can't see that because you're listening we'll do some live stuff here in a little bit but they've hit a little bit of a rough patch Elvis has as they have dropped four straight but remain fourth overall uh and goalie merrick langhammer currently is sporting a robust seven shutouts in the season and our dude les lancaster remains the top defender on the team with 33 points behind nine goals and 24 assists ikonen yuna leads ilvis with 20 goals and fellow forward oh man here we go buckle up for this one cantiola petri i'm hoping that i nailed those names Con- i think leads... it's probably cantiola petri cantiola petri I really hope that, that one of the biggest Elvis people that like sports us, Abraham, he's on Twitter. Probably gonna he's probably gonna chastise me for that one, and I accept it. And I, I welcome it. It's not um, chastising; it's correction. I'll take correction. I'll take that. Uh, it's tough. Finnish language is tough, but he leads all of Elvis with twenty nine assists. Both share the lead in points at thirty nine, and Elvis has a handful of games left in the season to remain in a position to advance the playoffs. Uh, obviously, like it. Life hasn't gone as planned. Let's put it like that. So I know we've talked about taking a trip over to Finland. Personally, I've been working on it. I am pushing really hard, but with the season kind of wrapping up close to the middle or late March, it may be a little bit tough for me. Uh, But like we talked about on a past episode, Les Lancaster did sign a one-year extension, so he will be back in Tampere in the following season and then the following year. And that is when I plan on coming over there. So I apologize to the entire Ilvis organization because we've been going back and forth on social media and they keep asking when I'm coming over there. And I'm like, dude, I'm not making money. And I wish I was because I'd be over there all the time. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Um, but like I said, jumping back over to Texas hockey because I, ha- I have one gripe. Okay. This is not directed to Ilvis. This is directed to EA Sports. I downloaded okay. NHL 22 okay. earlier. And one of the options in the be a pro career is to start in one of the European leagues. Okay. So naturally, I'm scrolling. Oh, I'll go see if Ilvis is an option. They are not. 
they Tepeda, are in the game though. They are in the game, but you can start your career at Tepeda, but not at Ilvis. Oh. I was very I think I, I think I know what you're talking about because I have twenty two as well. And uh it was kind of hilarious to sit there and look at some of these guys that we've had on the podcast and be like, I think he's a little better than the seventy one. <laughs> it's kind of unfair. Yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna play a game with him. Uh I've never played a game with someone that you that actually know. know. Yeah. That's really it's, cool. It is really cool. It's really surreal. The only downside is they obviously don't have the okay to use all of the ads. So the jerseys yeah. look very bare and it's <laughs> very really weird do. seeing the Ilvis jerseys um without any ads whatsoever. But it's still really cool. It's a fun yeah. experience. Uh let's talk a little bit of Americans hockey because uh Pat they're kind of on a tear right now. They are they sure eight are. two. 8 and 2 in their last 10 games. If I did the math correctly, they are in a playoff spot. They're third in the Mountain Division and they're heavily pushing their way to get into the Kelly Cup playoffs firmly at the end of the season. Uh just to kind of dive into that team a little bit because there have been a couple of moves. Unfortunately, I, I can't remember if we talked about this on last week's episode. Uh a guest of ours who was on the podcast literally three weeks ago um, was traded away to the main Mariners. Uh, and that's Zach Bachiro. Sorry, buddy. That's such a bummer. Um, really cool interview. If you haven't heard that, go back a few episodes, listen to that uh, and then wish him well in Maine. I hope he, I hope he can continues to have a, a great season. Uh, he left with 22 points, seven goals, 15 assists in 36 games played. Uh, the ageless wonder, though, known as Jumbo Jack Combs, currently leads the entire Allen Americans organization. Uh, he is tied for one of the only guys who has played every single game at 43 games played, 24 goals, 33 assists, good enough for 57 total points. Uh, and not far behind him, the old young gun, friend of the show, Hank Crone, in 40 games played, 22 goals, 33 assists for 55 points. And Liam Finley right behind Hank, 32 games played, 21 goals, 21 assists, 42 points. And Colton Hargrove, who I believe, the last time I checked, is on like a 13 or 14 game point streak. He's right there. It's impressive. It's unreal. He's got 37 games played, 21 and 21 as well for 42. Uh, and then leading all defensemen. Another friend of the show, Hot Sauce, Colton Saucerman, 36 games played, two goals and 18 assists for 20 points. This team is 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 coming together, and a lot of it you can credit it to a goalie who has played 14 games for them. So uh, a couple games behind Brissini, that's Chase Perry, 2.02 goals against average with a 9.40 save percentage. He is 12-2 and two since he's come to the team. So That is damn good. Damn good. Uh, a little bit of a difference maker, if you will. So don't let these boys get hot because they have got some firepower. They can put the hurt on you. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see what the rest of the season has in store. We will be at the game. I'm going to say tomorrow because this obviously comes out on Thursday and you guys will be hearing it on Thursday. So tomorrow, Friday, February 10th, I'm going to be hanging out at the game. I'm going to do a little pregame chat. Uh, I may or may not. Uh, hello. How are you? 
I may or may not have one of the Americans with me um, that is currently on the IR uh, without giving too much away. Um, it's Aiden Brown. Uh, Aiden Brown's going to be with me at the table. Uh, I will have a poster or sheet or some kind of way uh, for you to scan your phone with the QR code. So if you don't know how to order your jersey or you're just seeing it for the first time, you know, on paper or in person, on picture, whatever, uh, you can go in, scan it, and then order the jersey right then and there for the pre-order. So that's pretty dang cool. Uh, so yeah, make sure to stop by, say hi. If you want to take some pictures, more than happy to. I'm sure uh, I'm sure Brownie will be happy to sign some autographs. Uh, I will too, obviously. Uh <laughs> But yeah, so jumping up to the uh, the NHL now, because obviously, like you said, you know, week without hockey, kind of a bummer. I think we missed one important uh, one important item there. Oh, my God, we did. There was a goalie fight, a goalie fight. This was and I'm bummed. So I went to the live watch party on Saturday at Northside Draft House. There's another drop for them. Shout out, Blake. Shout out, Jared. Uh, shout out my boy, Dink, one of the best cooks in the world. He works there. Uh, future roommate. I'm watching this, and I'm sitting with Johnny, the president of the Americans. Had a great conversation. Thanks, Johnny, for for having me out there and, and hanging out. I missed it. I initially missed it. Mm. So here's the rundown of what happened. The Utah Grizzlies are scum. Scumbags. All of them. Not biased. Uh, not biased at all. But they got absolutely pummeled by the Allen Americans on Saturday night. I mean pummeled. The final score was 8-1. to one, And Utah had a goalie in that got absolutely walloped, got pulled, and I think got put back in. Regardless of the situation, he gave up five goals himself. He was a Sith, and he's a joke. So what does he do as soon as the buzzer goes? 60 minutes are up, game's over, let's go home. Boys got to catch a flight. Had a, had a hell of a time getting there because of the ice, right? Naturally. He decides to skate up to the blue line. I'm sorry, to the uh, to the middle. And signals to Perry. I, I don't even know if he signaled. He just skates up, mask on, charges after Perry, has to escape the referee, the on-ice official, gets to Perry and starts swinging. I think he still had his helmet on. I mean, just an absolute bum scumbag move. And Perry Perry didn't want to fight. And rightfully so. He just absolutely embarrassed the entire Utah Grizzlies roster up and down. And of course, the Grizzlies goalie is embarrassed because he played like absolute trash. He should be embarrassed for himself. He should cover his mirrors so he doesn't have to see the reflection of what a garbage goalie he is. And just absolutely like goes after Perry instead of saying, "Hey, you played a really great game." He just he got out goalied. He just he got out goalied and outclassed, up and down, literally. So, if you haven't seen it, it's on our Instagram, it's on our TikTok. I posted it on my personal TikTok, and this is a bit of a gripe that I have with TikTok. Uh, first and foremost, the certain governor on wheels. You're not taking TikTok away from me. Stop trying. Uh, stand up and face me like a man. But literally, I posted the same video on my personal page and on Wada Hockey. 
on TikTok. And Wada Hockey, I put the, these are trained professionals. But I forgot to put it on my personal, and it got mm. flagged and taken down for violence because I was I was insinuating violence. It's the dumbest thing. The TikTok algorithm is absolutely ridiculous. Anyway, side story over, side rape over. Go check it out on Instagram and Nahuatl Hockey TikTok. Uh, now, I have to ask you a question. Okay. It's a, pers- it's a personal question. All right. Did you watch a minute of any of the All-Star festivities in Florida this past weekend? I actually did watch a little bit of it, but okay. it, it was very hard to follow. Like, really, I just wanted to watch to see the, the chicken puck. Chippin' sticking puckin'? Chippin' puck? Chippendales, Rescue Rangers. I don't even venture. I don't even know what it was called. But anyways, um, I thought that was interesting, but the amount of advertisements and lack of continuity between events was absolutely ridiculous. Like I would I was just watching it on my phone on YouTube TV and I would turn it on. It would go to commercial. I'd look away. And then all of a sudden we have some entirely new event going on. I didn't see the end or the results of any event the entire time I watched for like 30, 45 minutes, maybe. So full disclosure, I didn't watch a minute. I think the all-star weekend is a joke. I think what it's turned into is an absolute Nickelodeon special. It doesn't do anything for me. The three-on-three format, the most exciting part of sports, in my opinion, unless you're a Stars fan, I don't want to see guys not trying. I, I don't want to see that. And cool, the, the, the winning team gets a million-dollar check. They don't need that. They're all-stars. They're all going to be signed already to paid contracts. That much. They're already paid that much. Now, granted, from what I've heard, I did listening. I did listen into uh, Spittin' Chicklets that was released today, and they disclose basically they give them to like the athletic trainers, people that are helping out at the rink, whatnot. It, it, cool gesture. But then like Rod Brindamore, the coach of the Carolina Hurricanes, even said like he walked he walked in the locker room for these all star things. I don't even know if I want to call it a game. And he's like, All right, um what are you guys gonna do? You know? What what do you guys want to do? Like, you guys want to go for it? Cool. If you don't, uh, whatever. Doesn't change whatever I do. Yeah. He's like, I'm not going to get paid anymore or any less. Doesn't go on my record. It, it's just, and the irony behind it is that it was on the same weekend and as the NFL Pro Bowl, which is an even bigger joke because so many guys. Josh Allen said that he wasn't feeling well or had an injury and then showed up to a pro am to play golf. He, like, they're just like us. They are just like us. Like, is that not the most hilarious I'm playing hooky in the world? No, like fully knowing that you're going to be on camera broadcasted around the entire world and saying, oh, hey, Pro Bowl coordinator, I can't make it. I don't feel my tummy hurts. And then showing up on Pebble Beach. Like, come on. It's so funny. It's hilarious. Like, that is such a joke. You're, you're risking these players getting hurt. Anyway. Back to the NHL All-Star Weekend in South Florida. Uh, the Atlantic Division One. I know Robo got a couple goals. I know he placed second in the Chippendales puck extravaganza. Cool. 
it didn't do anything for me. I wish they would go back to the formats of old uh, or, you know, like if it's U.S. versus the world or North America versus the world. Uh, at the end of the day, I just we need the World Cup of Hockey back now more than ever so people can continue to watch, uh, you know, these NHL caliber players from all over the world play against each other at a high level. Um, you know, I will give credit where credit is due. Apparently, the ratings did go up quite a bit from last year to this year, which doesn't really surprise me because Vegas was a lot of the same thing. It was just these goofy little games they played that were catering to the location that they were at. Sure, Pavelski got the win making a, a hand by hitting a giant playing card. Come on. We're <laughs> come on. Come on. I know a lot of it is for the kids. I understand that, and I'm sure it's fun for them. The jerseys did look stellar. Some of the best all-star jerseys uh, in the past, I would say, 10 years, easy, uh, and owed to the mid-90s. But overall, it was just such a, a goofy, weird situation. The The fastest skater is still cool. The hardest shot is still awesome. Uh, but... Even the shootout competition has gotten so awfully, terribly cringy to watch that I watch the replays and I can't even get through the entire thing because I'm like, this is so stupid. With Pasternak yeah. dressing up as Happy Gilmore, which I thought was funny, and then Matthew Kachuk coming out in like this beach outfit with a bucket hat, and then I guess he threw the puck into the bucket hat. So maybe I did watch one full clip, and it was that one, but... Still, just so bad. I don't so support bad. or condone anything any Kachuk player does on the ice. That's fair. I'm a Matthew capacity. Kachuk fan. I've said it before. I'll say it again. I'll probably own one of his Calgary jerseys. I hope I can find a blasty one with a flaming horse head. But I get it. I get this bite. Uh, they did, however, do the world a favor in their first game after the All-Star break and absolutely pummeled. Andre Vasilevsky and the Tampa Bay Lightning with a final score of seven to one. You don't see, oh, they got Brazil'd. They got Brazil'd. I can't remember which reporter said it, but it might have been sad. Uh, I can't exactly remember, but someone said apparently Vasilevsky was still in the All Star break uh, because he was just acting like everything should go in for the fans. So <laughs> good, good on Kachuk and the Panthers for absolutely embarrassing the Tampa Bay Lightning. Anything, anytime that can happen, I'm, I am all for it. I don't yeah. even care if the Wild uh, or the Blues do it. Just embarrass them. Don't care at all. Um, but let's shift over. Let's wrap it up. Let's talk a little stars hockey. And uh, we saw something last night on Monday that no stars fan had seen in quite some time. And that was a W in extra time. It's been 84 years. It's been 84 years. Uh, unreal night. I was unable to make it. But you could just tell by watching on TV, the atmosphere was unbelievable uh, because it was the Capitan's 1,000 NHL game. His entire family was there. Even Jordy, who is part of the Maple Leafs organization, I believe he's playing with the Marlies currently. But regardless, they were not playing last night, so he was able to fly in and be there for his brother, which I thought was so cool. Yeah, uh, and arguably. 
and maybe even in bigger news, it was the return of John Klingberg back to Dallas on the ice for the first time since his departure in the offseason to the Anaheim Mighty Ducks. Obviously joking a little bit there. That is kind of like a foreshadowing thing for me. But, man, it was they, it was a game. It was something. It was something indeed. Uh, stars Klingberg. Sorry. Sorry. No, go ahead. I was just going to say Stars crashed late, but Klingberg? Klingberg? Well, I was going to say they, sh- they popped his stats up uh, at the beginning of the game and seeing him with 20 points on the season and like a minus 28 just stings. It does. And, and you know what? I'm just going to get right into this. I, I was very, um, <coughs> I was very fortunate, uh, belly up, uh, a, a friend of the show, the network belly up asked me to come on and do some, uh, hockey chat with a couple of really cool people. And one of the things that I said when they were like, make a bold prediction, and this is just, you know what, I'm jumping right into it. Stars making moves. Obviously, we need to add a little bit of depth here and there. I have it in my heart and in my head that John Klingberg will be traded back to the Dallas Stars before the trade deadline. Anaheim is going to retain a lot of his salary. They can. They can afford to. We're going to send over probably mostly picks, maybe a prospect like uh, Jordan Cairo, his brother, um, Christian Cairo, Christian Cairo. Thank you. I was blanking there. Uh, maybe somebody else. Hell, maybe even Dennis Garionov goes over to Anaheim and just gets that change of scenery that we all know he desperately needs. And why this would work out for the Dallas Stars is exactly what you just said, John Klingberg went from the Dallas Stars, who arguably have opened their window up a little bit more as far as the Stanley Cup with all of the prospects, with a new head coach that has really awoken in the offense that we knew was a sleeping giant for the last couple of years under another head coach who shall not be named because Jason's not on the podcast and I can dog him as much as I want. And now he is on arguably one of the three worst franchises in the NHL currently. Are they tanking for Bedard? Probably. Would McTavish and Bedard and Zegris be a nice little uh, core? Sure, sure. But Klingberg is now realizing how good things were here from a hockey perspective regardless of the things that he did off ice for the DFW community, which he did a lot. He was very charitable with his time, with his funds. Like he was a, he's a great example of what you want someone on your team to do for the community on ice. Yes, he has and had his downfalls, but I would much rather have an offensive producing guy like Klingberg on the top power play unit than a guy like Ryan Suter, who, yeah, eats up minutes, but also makes so many untimely mistakes. And I'm wrapping it all up with this. John Klingberg now realizes how good, from a hockey perspective, he had it with the Stars. And if he were to come back, 
He already knows the staff, with the exception of DeBoer. But, but you would get the absolute best version of John Klingberg, maybe even better than he ever was before. Oh, you know, back when he nailed that series-winning slap shot against the Nashville Predators to advance us to the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs back in 2019, lest we forget, because apparently people do whenever Klingberg's name is brought up, Yes, he is going to make mistakes on defense. But also, yes, he is going to give you a better opportunity to score from the blue line. And that's what this team is really thriving on, a la Niels Lundqvist, uh, Miro Heiskinen, to name a few. I mean, they're, the other defenders, you know, Essa, you know, Hockenpah, they're not really known for that offensive firepower. Maybe maybe Essa from time to Essa time. Essa a little bit, yeah. Juggernaut. But... Klingberg would come back and I think would be in a situation where he knew like one, it's a contract year for him. So he needs to show that he can turn it around and play really productive hockey. And two, he would just love to be back in a winning organization. He got shafted by his agent. He fired his agent and then got an eight year or an $8 million deal for a one year, one year yep. in Anaheim. So, that's that's my argument. I, I think you get a much more advanced version of Klingberg if he comes back. And that's why I personally think that if I'm Jim Neal, I'm at least kicking the tires to see what Anaheim wants and how much Anaheim would eat up from his caps or for his salary. So that was a bit of a tangent. I apologize. I I kind of would like to see Klingberg come back primarily for the reason you mentioned watching Ryan Suter on the second power play unit drives me absolutely insane for two reasons. One, it's very clear. There's been a concerted effort all season to carry the puck into the zone, right? There is one person in particular who seems to refuse to do that on a regular basis. And that is Ryan Suter. It is. It's in he, fact him. Yeah. He dumps the puck in so often. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. I feel like it works more now than it did last year. But in addition to that, his entire offensive contribution outside of the occasional pass around is to lob the puck at the midsection or pads of the goalie and up from the blue line. Hope usually, and pray for a rebound. Yeah. Usually unscreened. I don't have the statistics in front of me, but if we could see how many of his assists are generated off of rebounds, I'd like to see that. I might actually do that research. But rebounds, you can't predict. You can't determine when they're going to happen and when they're not. And when you're 90% of your offense is just throw it and hope for a rebound, that's not conducive to good cycling offense, getting quality shots, Getting, play, getting defenders out of position, especially on the power play where it should be much easier to get them out of position than at even strength. Now, in theory, that's not always the case, clearly. Right. As we saw last night, our power play was not good. It was atrocious. We had so many chances, even a five-on-three that was for an extended period of time, and we did have some good opportunities, but we did not capitalize. But I will say, I do have to give Gibson credit. 
he, he always played, he always plays good against us. He does. He played lights out last night. If it's any other goalie in net, we win that game five to one. Yeah, five to two. But that wasn't the case. And to but, overtime, we win. Man, I I will say it was a lot less stressful than the last three overtimes. Mm-hmm. It seemed like there was more puck possession. They actually got a couple chances. Yep. I think one of them went off the bar, um, which was a pretty decent shot. Good look. They just couldn't really hit the net all that well last night. Right. Ben had that chance. Uh, I don't know. I don't think it was an overtime, but it was just wide. Had the entire, like Gibson was frozen. Didn't see the puck at all. He had ben, no idea. No idea. It was just wide. The chances were definitely there. Yeah. But overall, it was improvement, which I think is. Sorry, I have the Lakers game going on in the background. If I sound scattered. It's okay. LeBron's trying to go for a record that's irrelevant to me. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. Yeah. Luca and Kyrie forever. <laughs> but I digress. But all in all, over time, the progress was promising. What was really promising, I liked seeing Sagan's approach to the shootout. Yes, very direct. Direct, get the goalie going back slower than you're advancing and just pick a spot and just launch it. Shove it in the net. He had no no time to react to that. Our top offensive linemen are all offensive linemen. Offensive line mates are all really solid shooters. Right. But for some reason, when it comes to one-on-one, they outside of Robertson, they are just lost. I don't get it. I don't either, but I will say Robo makes it look so damn easy. Just silky smooth, dude. And he it's, just kind of like like his shoulders kind of slouch down after, and he's like, all right, whatever. I'm all yeah, star. Right, guys, break, huh? break, I don't know gonna, what y'all. I don't know what else y'all expected. I'm probably gonna break records, <laughs> whatever. Um, I will say the OTL sits at ten, and that is that is concerning uh, because in the Central Division alone, the only other team that's even close are the Predators and the Coyotes with six. So. I thought it was an interesting note. Uh, Pete DeBoer had the boys practicing three-on-three today. Uh, I will say the only thing, and this is kind of me retracting a little bit of my comment towards the All-Star game, was DeBoer, I don't know if you noticed, the line that went out to start OT was... All offense. All offense. It was our top line. It was Rupe, Robo, and Pavelski. And Um, it was actually... It was actually Rupe... No, it was uh, Robertson, Pavelski, and Foxa. Foxa was for it? the face-off, and Foxa went off immediately. Yeah. Okay, 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 good call, good call. Uh, and DeBoer afterwards said, yeah, I, I kind of took that from the All-Star game because we were rotating in with less defensemen. We didn't have that many, and it was creating more scoring opportunities, which it it did, it did. I felt comfortable. Uh, you know, we haven't even said his name in the podcast. But Jake Ottinger, I mean, come on. This guy's just unreal. I don't, I don't know what we can say that hasn't already been said ad nauseum. I mean, he's just insanely good for a 23, 24-year-old. It's it's unreal, and it's so promising. Uh, he got a new mask. Wedgie got a new mask with the Ninja Turtles theme on it. God, I, we need to get him on the podcast so we can just nerd out with him. We might not even talk a, a moment of hockey. We just nerd out for an hour. Um 
one day it's coming working on it we're working on it uh but the otls definitely are concerning we are four two and four in our last 10 the jets thankfully are five and five or five five and oh rather the one record in the last 10 that does scare me a little bit is the Colorado Avalanche, who sit currently in fourth in the Central. I'm unsure if they have a wild card spot right now. I don't have that pulled up, but they are seven, two, and one in their last 10. And they don't have Gabriel Landeskog, their captain. So I don't know if they're going to pull uh, Tampa Bay or Vegas move with LTIR and save some cap space and then bring him back in the playoffs. He doesn't necessarily strike me as the kind of guy that says, no, I don't want to play. Let's just get more money and bring more people in. Yeah. he's He strikes me more uh, as the guy that says, I'm healthy. Let's go. Let's yep. do it. So that does kind of scare me a little bit. Um, I do want to say one last thing on Klingberg. Um, Shannon gave me this quote, so I have to credit her with this. Klingberg coming back to the stars refreshed would just mean he just needed a snack a nap and a new agent so that that's <laughs> i think really just the gist of of Klingberg. you're gonna get a you're gonna get a Klingberg that that took a nap had a snack and got a new agent so i think that's why you, you bring him back now i want to wrap it up i do you know this was one of the questions that i was proposed on the hockey show with with belly up what and i want to cater this to the dallas stars because they were just kind of overall my my bold prediction for the rest of the season was that the Dallas Stars would bring John Klingberg back in some kind of trade. So I ask the same of you. What is your bold prediction for the remainder of the season for the Dallas Stars, whether it be where we finish? Um, and we'll say regular season because knock on wood, this team is is well-equipped and ready to find themselves in a playoff spot. So... Maybe tread deadline, however you want to put it. Uh, what is your bold prediction for the Dallas Stars for the rest of this season? My bold prediction is that Jason Robertson goes over 100 points. I like it. That is a good, bold prediction. Because he's on pace to get close. There's 30 games left. He's at 67 points. Oh, he's got it. So I think if he can pick back up, then he'll get to the 100. There's a Second, lot of guys on track for 100 this season. A secondly, lot. Pavelski and Hintz will also get to 80. I agree. I mean, when you're on a line with Robo, it's almost yep. like happenstance. Ro- Rope's going to be dependent on if he can stay healthy. But he's, right. over, he's over a point per game. Pavelski's at like 0.95 per game. So they're both on pace for, if not 80, probably like 76. I don't have the math, but. That's good enough for me. Gets you to the playoffs. One of the best lines in hockey. 260 points from one line. I don't know the last time that that would have ever happened for the Stars, if ever. I don't know. We'll have to look that up, too. But I think this has been a successful episode. We talked about I think so too. new sponsors also, wanting music. I had one more point. You said that DeBoer tried something new. 
That's something that a previous I head coach didn't that. do. I love that mentality. He saw something, tried it out, and while it may not have had the exact results, they didn't lose within 35 seconds. Very true. I will take that as a win. They didn't lose in the first minute of overtime, and Pete wanted to try something different to change the results rather than saying, well, the players have to fit the system. Maybe adjust the system a little bit. You know what's you know what's funny too, by the way? I have the stats pulled up. Uh-huh. You know that you know that all defense mentality? Yep. The Dallas Stars have allowed 135 goals against the Jets, 137. So it turns out that it's hard to score on your opponent when they have to deal with you being in their zone half the time. Unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Like just control the puck, stay in the zone, generate offense. And it's really hard to score from your own defensive zone red line. It's true. It's true. It's Here we damn are. near impossible. Damn near impossible. But it is possible to be at the top of the division and the top, uh, almost at the top of the, no, we're at the top of the West. We're at the top of the West right now. Suck on that, Golden points. Knights. 68 points. The Jets at 65 and the Golden Knights at 64. So. Suck on that, Bones. Meanwhile, the Bruins have 83 points, and the Maple Leafs have 70, and the Hurricanes have 76, and the Devils have 70. It's just the Eastern Conference. Come on. Well, that is a gauntlet that's going to have to be run by whoever gets out of the, the East to make it. And fingers crossed they beat the piss out of them so much that the Stars just cruise to a Stanley <laughs> Cup victory. Oh, man. I can only hope. But Playoff yes, hockey can't get here soon enough. It's the true. best time of year. Best time of the year. But, uh, Pat, I think we uh, we rolled a uh, pretty solid episode. We just did. A, just a twosome. Just pretty like heavy your, annou- your announcement heavy, but lots of good things going on. Lots of good things. And and I'll wrap it up by saying this. I better see all of your faces at Northside Draft House on February 17th. Uh, I'll be there. You'll be there. Jason should be there. Shannon might be there. Who knows? We'll see. The whole gang. Um, I'll, I'll take I'll take, uh, I'll take Shannon's. Make good Go choices. Make good choices. And for myself and Jason, stay sassy and stay moist. And last but certainly not least, don't for any reason, even if your dog erupts in roarous barking in the middle of a podcast recording and you cut it out and you guys are unrealizing why I'm even saying this right now, forget your Kermit tattoos. 